welcome to C3 Wellington and Hutt City. Need something fresh, real and powerful in your life? Connect with us on social media, get podcast notifications, updates on events, collective groups and a whole lot more. We're so glad you're joining us for a powerful and thought-provoking message from one of our pastors. We would love to hear how God has touched you in your life. Get in touch through our website, c3churchwellington.nz. So, sit back and enjoy this message. Hey, so good to have you with us this morning. We're in week three of our Above All series. Who's been enjoying this series? This, come on, awesome. So have I. It's been really uh, challenging uh, just for my own uh, walk with God, just to be re- reaffirming some things and getting back to some, some rock foundations, what it means to follow Jesus. And so this message series has been all about holiness. And we started with week one, a message entitled The Pursuit. And that was simply this, that our lives are in a trajectory, pointing towards something, pursuing something. Every single one of us is in pursuit of something. And uh, the question is, what are we pursuing? You see, the world would say pursue happiness. See, the problem with pursuing happiness is that if we don't get the outcome that we desire or we think we deserve, then we can be derailed, can't we? But you see, I believe if we have a pursuit of God, then nothing can derail us and we can get something greater than happiness. And that is a deep seated of joy within us. And then maybe the things that God would bring into or comes into our life as trials are actually the very things that God is bringing to allow us to sustain us, to, to build us and to build the character on our lives that would sustain the call of God for you. Just maybe Joseph had to go through the prison to reach the palace, but God had always called him to the palace. Maybe his happiness wasn't primary, the goal for God right there, but his holiness and to build a character in his life that would pro- propel him to a place for the call. And so we'd say, pursue God and you'll find deep joy. And last week, we had a message called the Jesus Meter. And, uh, and simply this, the question we wanted to ask ourselves was how much Jesus is in my life? If I was weighed, if I was weighed, if our church was weighed, how much Jesus would there be? You see, David had a passion for the house of God. You see, the house was external. The house of God was a temple which he plans to build. His son built it. It was a grand temple. It was an amazing temple. It cost billions of dollars to build. And that's a picture of holiness. You see, what are we willing to put on the line to build a temple? Because see, we are the temple of God. And what are we willing to put on the line? What are we willing to spend so that we could be a temple worthy of hosting the presence of God? How much would Jesus weigh in, in our lives if we were weighed? We want to encourage, come on, more of Jesus in our lives. And that brings us to today's message. So our key scripture, if you've been following on and it'll be up behind me, is this at Psalm 27 verse 4. And it says this, it's the words of David the king. Here's the one thing I crave from God. The one thing I seek above all else. I want the privilege of living with him every moment in his house, finding the sweet loveliness of his face, filled with awe, delighting in His glory and grace. I want to live my life so close to Him that He takes pleasure in my every prayer. What a great thing to crave. Man, we just get this glimpse into the heart of a man, this man David, and his, and his passion and his pursuit of the presence of God. And today I just want to focus in on one part of this. But before we jump into that, I was in prayer this morning and God gave me this, it was, it was an unusual picture and God does this sometimes I'm like why am I seeing this what I saw was a bracket a bracket on the wall it's a very unusual thing to see an an L bracket 
And, and so I'm looking at this L bracket. Okay, God, why, why are you showing me this L bracket? And then I saw this, this, uh, this bench or this bar or this uh, a shelf. Let's go with shelf. That's a good word to use. The shelf on the bracket. And a weight went on the shelf. And because the bracket was not fixed into solid stuff, any, any home handyman here, any wannabe handyman here that, that know what happens when you fix just into jib? <laughs> I tell you, we've got this shelf in our, in our house that we've just moved into, and it's designed to hold a TV, but you can tell that it never really reached its design because you see there's, there's, there's plaster where they actually put a bracket on the wall. They obviously realised the shelf couldn't hold the weight, couldn't handle it. And I don't know if, if you've ever done this, but try to fix in a jib and you put anything with any weight on it and the, the, the jib just fails. The thing falls down. And you see, I saw in this, in this picture that all of a sudden this other, this, this bracket was flimsy and the shelf wasn't holding, but then another, another bracket went into the wall and it went right into the solid stuff. And now the, bracket, the shelf is strong. The shelf has some, some strength to it, some stability to it, and it can now handle the weight that, that, that we want to put on it or what God wants to put on it. You see, today it's all, it's all about fixing your life into the anchor. Today is all about your life being fixed into the person who will sustain your purpose. You see, if you, if you don't fix into solid stuff, then you've got two options, don't you? You've got one option, you've got to hold the TV or whatever it might be yourself. You've just got to take the weight yourself. You've got to do it in your own strength. Come on, anyone, anyone resonate with that? Sometimes you've just got to do, do life in your own strength and it's weighty and it's heavy and you wonder why you're tired, wondering why you're struggling, why you're restless, why you're burnt out because we're doing these things in our own strength. We're taking the weight or maybe the other option is just to take the TV down. Just take the TV down. You know, that, that, that shelf was built for a purpose, but until it was sustained into an anchor that could hold it, maybe we just remove the purpose of the shelf. Maybe we just take the TV down and maybe some of us today have actually removed or walked away from the purpose of your life. Well, today I want to encourage you, come on, let's set the anchor back into the wall. Let's set the anchor back into some solid stuff that will hold, that will hold the weight and will hold the purpose of God that God wants to bring for your life. Can I get an amen? amen? I want to zero in on this line of Psalm 27 verse 4. It says this, Finding the sweet loveliness of His face, filled with all delight in His glory and grace. Finding the sweet loveliness of His face. If you're taking notes, um, my message this morning is entitled FaceTime. FaceTime. Any FaceTimers here? Any, any, anyone enjoy? I, I tell you, I'm still a little bit old school. I get a bit weirded out by actually talking to someone on the phone when I can see them. I don't know if you're like this. I'm like, I don't know where to look. Do I look at myself to look at the other person? I get a bit sort of weirded out by that. But, uh, you know, isn't it awesome now that we can not only speak to someone, but we can actually speak, you can actually see them on your TV, on your TV, well, you probably could, on your phone or on your tablet or on your device. In fact, this morning, Bex was having a FaceTime with Dakin, who's in Canada. Shout out to Dakin. We love you. We miss you already, buddy. Hope you're having a great time in Canada. But how awesome is that technology? So awesome. You know, in the, in the Bible, especially in the Psalms, you'll read the word presence, seeking the presence of God. God, I want your presence. You know, the word presence is translated face. Face. The presence of God 
is the face of God. To seek His presence is to seek Him. Not His hands, not His provision or His gifts, His face, Him. To host the presence of God. Come on, that is, can you understand that we get to host the presence of God? That's a wow moment for me. And so I just want to encourage you with a couple of applicable things because I think that we can talk these messages, but who wants some application? I do. I want some application. So for me, I'm just going to talk from personal, my personal story, my life. So I have, I I believe we've got to build the secret place. Come on, we've got to build a place that is devoted to you and God. We need to carve out time for you and God. God, and I call this my devoted time in the morning, I call it my face-to-face time. My face-to-face time. And my face-to-face time has purpose. It has a purpose. It's not to study, although I think we should study the Word of God. I absolutely believe that we should. It's not to bring numerous requests before God, although I think it's an important thing that He says, make your requests known to me. But this time is not for me to bring a a load of requests before God, nor is it to study the Word of God. It is to seek His face, to commune with Him, to host His presence, to wait on Him and allow Him to minister to me, to love Him and worship Him. Psalm 27, verse 14 says, wait for the Lord. Like an awkward pause there. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Do you have a place in your life where you create a space to just wait on God? Waiting on God is a powerful and necessary requirement to closeness and intimacy. Allowing time for God to minister to us is so important. See, no words are required. You get to a place where you can just stay in the stillness, stay in the peace. You find a place of rest in His presence. Come on, He is waiting and there you will find Him. Look, we fill our world with noise, don't we? It takes courage. Come on, it takes courage to come before a holy God. And there is a war. You see, the war is fought in our mind, the battlefield of our mind. And you see, the way that the whole purpose of this waiting, the whole method is that we would be able to link our spirit to the very spirit of God. And the thing that will battle that is your mind. You see, you can't settle your mind. Anxiety is a state of the mind. Depression is a state of the mind. And God wants to commune in your spirit, in your heart. He wants your heart to take courage. And so the battlefield of your mind will not let you rest. And God wants you to rest. Where else will you find rest from these things but in the presence of God? See, you can allow in His presence restlessness to run its course, to slow down, to stop, to breathe. It's a word in Hebrew, it says, Selah. It means to pause, a moment of silence, just you and Him. Carve out a time for you and the Lord not to get anything except for 
his presence, to commune with him, to build that place of relationship with him. I encourage you, build out the secret place with God. You cannot manufacture the anointing. You cannot manufacture the strength to hold the weight of what God is wanting to put on you. Ministry is weight. Purpose is weight on you. But God's presence, God's refreshment, God's overflow is the place of sustaining you for that. He'll build character. <laughs> He'll build out in you so much. He'll speak to you. Do you know God still speaks and He wants to speak to you? Psalm 5 verse 3, application point number two. I don't know if our young adults are going to like this one, but I'm coming at you. Psalm 5 verse 3, at each and every sunrise, you will hear my voice. This is David speaking. As I prepare my sacrifice of prayer to you, every morning I lay out the pieces of my life on the altar and wait for your fire to fall upon my heart. I want to encourage you. You can commune with God all day. And the Bible says pray without ceasing. God is available. He's with you. He's within you to commune with Him all, the day, all, all day long. But can I tell you where you can find Him? In the morning, when you're fresh, when your mind is still, when the atmosphere around you is still, where this, the worries and cares of the day have not taken place yet, where you can, where you can come empty from a, from a good sleep into the presence of God to be filled, to start your day the right way, to put gas in the tank for what's ahead for you. What a brilliant place. See, David got this. He says, each and every sunrise, I'm not missing one. You're gonna every, I'm going to be with you before that sun comes up. I'm starting my day the right way. And I just want to encourage you, church. Come on. Look, there is a rhythm that God put into, into the rhythm of creation with a sun that rose and fell and light and dark. And we've created lighting and luminescence and LED and all sorts of things. And we stay up. I was looking, I was trying to find the statistics and apparently the average, the average sleep pattern is 11.05 to 7.05. That's the average sleep pattern for, for Western civilization. Our average bedtime is 11 o'clock and our average wake time is 7 o'clock. And I know it's going to fluctuate, but can I just encourage you, if you need eight hours of sleep, practical dad speaking here, and you need and you want to get up and give God the best and the first of your day, and let's call that six o'clock, what time does it mean you need to get to bed by? Come on, practical, right? How about this? Why don't you, why don't you make it a plan to, to get in bed by 10 and get up at six and say, God, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. I'm going to come into your presence and I'm, going to, and I'm going to wait upon you and see what God will do. See what God will do. Here's one thing I know about God. He rewards faithfulness and He'll never be outgiven. If you give Him the first of your day and God's into the firsts, let me tell you, you give Him the first of the day, your day, you are going to be richly rewarded. And you know, the greatest thing you could ever receive is the presence of God. There's nothing greater than when God turns up. I love how Jesus says it in John 14. He says, if you obey my commandments and love me, I will come to you and I will manifest myself to you. He says in John 14, Jesus Christ manifesting Himself, making Himself known to you, real to you in that space. Can you imagine that? What a way to start your day. 
Because guess what? He's got purpose in that day for you. But we'll get there. I love this verse. It says that at each and every sunrise you'll hear my voice as I prepare my sacrifice of prayer to you. See, the Hebrew word for prepare is arak or arak. A-R-A-K. And it's a priestly term for lighting the altar fire, preparing a sacrifice and laying it out upon the altar to be consumed. Come on, God is asking us to bring everything before Him in a place of submission, in a place of awe, in a place of humility. You see, God, when we come to God like that, if we come to God like Mary with her precious ointment, pouring it upon the feet of Jesus, going, come on, I, I, and why did Mary do that? Because she realised that she was not worthy, that her life was wrecked. But Jesus Christ stepped in and said, no, my daughter, I'm calling you. I'm calling you out of that life. I'm, call, I'm saving you. I'm rescuing you. And the only, the only response she could have was to take the most precious thing she owned and poured it upon Jesus. That's worship. And God is calling us to pour our lives upon Him every morning of every day. Come on, come with me. Prepare your life on the altar of prayer in the morning before the Lord. Psalm 5 verse 7 says this, But I know that you will welcome me into your house, for I'm covered by your covenant of mercy and love. So I come to your sanctuary with deepest awe to bow and worship and adore you. See, like Mary, I can relate to that. See, my life was life in the cave. My life, I ran my life to ruin. I tried to find all sorts of satisfaction in all sorts of areas in life. I was the Christian that wore the mask. I performed like the performing bear in the circus within church to find a place and a fine position all the while my heart being hard, hardened to the Lord and insecure and fearful and, 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 and it led me to live a double life. And God rescued me. I remember, I remember vividly in 2004 beside my, it was three o'clock in the morning, I ended up on my knees beside my bed and in San Diego, California, just crying out to God, going, I've shipwrecked my life. God, I need you. Just that moment of honesty and the cry of my heart, I need you. And He rushed to me in a moment. He restored me. And then I had to journey from that. It's not like a, an instantaneous thing. I love that, that the, the Israelites, when they were in captivity, see, God led them out of captivity, but there was a journey. There's a journey from Babylon back to Israel. There's a journey from captivity back to freedom. But God was with me and He walked with me and He led me out of that. And so now I can say, God, you're worthy of my worship. You're worthy of it. I don't deserve to be standing here and, and preaching here. I don't deserve to be pastoring a church. I, I'm not worthy there, but God says, you're worthy, my son. See, I know myself. So there's a, there's a humbling that happens that's so beautiful when we come into the presence of God and go, God, I don't deserve your presence, but I know you want to give it to me. Oh, Father God, man, there's nothing greater than your presence. You see, He's not disappointed in me. He's not wanting to tell me off. He's not wanting to... The Bible says you can come with confidence into the throne. You come boldly into the throne room of God. My friend, you can come boldly into the throne room of God. Jesus has made the way. He's, ca he's, he's carved out the way. And He's calling you from the cave into His house. 
He's saying you are a prince, a princess. You are my daughter, my son. I have got a purpose for you in my house. You've got room. There's room for you in my house. And I want to speak to you in my house. He's calling you to his house. And every morning we can come and realise that we actually have place and purpose in the house of God. And you see this thing about coming in solitude and silence to God. Jesus modelled it. You see, Bill, I can't say his last name. I'm going to try. Galtieri. So good try. He wrote this, the priority of Jesus' solitude and silence is everywhere in the Gospels. It's how He began His ministry. It's how He made important decisions. It's how He dealt with troubling emotions like grief. It's how He dealt with the constant demands of ministry and cared for His soul. It's how He taught His disciples. It's how He prepared for important ministry events. It's how He prepared for His death on the cross. Jesus' solitude is how He went deeper in His love relationship with God. He knew as Abba, Abba, Father. And Jesus invites us to join Him. See, I, I, I was, Tuesday morning I was in my new Bible that Bex bought me, the Passion Translation. And I went to close it after reading the Psalm of the Day. By the way, Tuesday was the fifth. I think it was Tuesday. <laughs> and that's why a lot of these things are Psalm 5, because God just downloaded me that morning in His presence. And I went to close this, the Bible and I saw they had a reading plan at the back of the Bible. And I thought, oh, this is cool. The Bible comes with a reading plan. I thought, well, I wonder what I was supposed to be reading today if I was following this plan. And it said Acts 4. So I flipped to Acts 4 and I, ha- I thought I'd have a read. Man, God just leads you. Yeah. See, Acts 4 is about John and Peter. See, in Acts 3, they go on their way to the temple and they end up in the temple courts and they're preaching the gospel. A crowd gathers and they preach the gospel of the good, of the good news of Jesus Christ. And uh, that was just after they healed the, the paralytic. Did you, I'm not sure. You know, so they, on the way to the temple, they heal this man who's been, been paralyzed for a long time. And this guy's leaping for joy. And everyone's like, that guy's, that's the guy that's been paralyzed for so many years. Isn't that crazy? And so the crowd gathers, they preach the good news and then along come the council, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, the ones that uphold the religious law of the land and they are not happy that this name of Jesus is getting preached and they want to shut it down. They want to shut the name of Jesus down so they arrest Peter and John and they take them into, into, into captivity and they spend a night in prison and then they arise the next morning and get put on trial. They get put on trial. <laughs> This is the same people, the same trial as before, the same people that sent Jesus to be crucified. The same people. You see, Psalm 27 says, if you wait on the Lord and let your heart take courage. You see, courage is needed. They're standing before the same men that sent Jesus to the cross to die, yet courage gripped their hearts because they had spent time in the presence of God. Courage gripped their hearts. And we see this in Acts 4 verse 13. The council members were astonished as they witnessed the bold courage of Peter and John, especially when they discovered they were just ordinary men who had never had religious training. Any ordinary people here not have religious training? You can raise your hand with me. Listen to this. Then they began, the council began to understand the effect 
Jesus had on them simply by spending time with Him. The council begin to understand that these ordinary men and women that had no religious training yet had spent so much time with Jesus, so much time in the presence of God that all of a sudden there's a boldness to witness, a boldness for the purpose of God on their life. Things are shifting, things are happening, healing's taking place because they spent time in the presence of God. What's on the other side of your life in the presence of God? What is He calling you into? As you fix the anchor of your life, what is He wanting to put on you? What ministry has He got for you? You can't manufacture the anointing. You've got to wrestle it and hunger after it and go after it. You've got to pursue it with all your life. Come on, is there nothing greater? There is nothing greater, I can tell you. I can testify to it. It's our story. Specs in our story, it's our journey. In April of 2015, in the shower, God spoke to me. And He spoke to me because I said to Him, I want to hear your voice. And that moment led us on a crazy trajectory to Wellington, New Zealand. We were in Fittianga in the Coromandel. 11 years, part of a church. Loving life. Great community around us. Always had a passion to plant and build a church. I've got a passion for church planting, man. Come on, I believe that the church is the answer. I believe every city in New Zealand needs a C3 in it. <laughs> I'm passionate not just about our movement, I'm passionate about the church, come on. I love our movement, I love the church. And now more than ever, there are people on the outside of this gathering who are longing for the very thing that we might be shying away from, that is the presence of God. In Acts 3, when they were leading this great multitude, Peter and John, before they get arrested, they're leading this great multitude towards salvation. And we see this, they ask, what do we do? Acts 3, 19 and 20 says this, Repent therefore and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Come on, is your, are you needing rest this morning? Are you needing a refreshment this morning? Come on, are you carrying weight that you're not called to carry this morning? If you think about that shelf, what is God wanting to place on your life? Fix into the anchor of His presence. Hmm. Come on, the presence of God. In the presence of God, you will find rest. In the presence of God, you will find refreshment. In the presence of God, you will find boldness and courage. The word courage comes from the French word core, which is heart. To be encouraged is to put into you. To be discouraged is to have it taken out of you. God has wanted to encourage you, put into you. In the presence of God, you will find courage. 
boldness. You'll see differently. You start your day in that presence and all, in His presence and all of a sudden you're seeing differently. You go into your job seeing differently. You're communicating with the people around you seeing differently. All of a sudden, all of a sudden now you are a vessel that God can manoeuvre and, 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 and position and speak through. And He wants to. Because in, your, in the presence of God, you'll find purpose. In the presence of God, you'll find identity. You want to know who you are. He'll speak that to you. I know that when, in that moment in the shower, when God reminded me that He still speaks, the first things He said to me was, Steve, you are my son and I love you. God wants to say that to you every day. You are my son and I love you. You are my daughter and I love you. But He's got things He wants to say to you in His presence. Come on, in His presence, we're going to find courageous faith. Come on, we need to be a church. Can we be a, a Peter-type church that will just get out of the boat? Will the water hold me? Well, if Jesus says it will hold, then it will hold. Let's go. We come to the Red Sea. What the heck are we going to do? <laughs> hold out your staff and it'll part. Let's go. <laughs> How do, we, how do we conquer this? Walk around it seven times and the walls will fall down. Let's get our tambourines out, Shekinah, and walk around it seven times. Come on, the walls will come down. Can we be a faith, courageous faith kind of church that would believe those things? But I'm telling you, the anchor of belief is His presence. The anchor of belief. Faith rises up in His presence.